Grace and peace to you, and welcome to our Guided Liturgy podcast. My name is Seth Slay, and I'm the music and arts pastor here at Bloom Church in Denver, Colorado. Today, we are continuing our journey through the season of Epiphany. This is the season where we focus on the incarnation of Christ, the work that Christ did on the earth before his death and resurrection. So this is the second episode that we've put out in the season of Epiphany, but depending on when you're listening to this, at the time of this recording, it's actually the fifth or sixth week of Epiphany. So if you are following along with the lectionary, um, that's where we will be. So we're very grateful that you joined us today. My prayer for you is that as we open ourselves up today to the words that Christ has for us, that we would see it as an invitation to enter in to the beauty of creation, to the beauty of the story of Christ. So Bloom, we invite you into that today. We invite you to take a deep breath, to put your feet on the ground if you're able, just to be still, to adopt a posture of invitation, to feel the breath in our lungs going in and out. Almighty God, To you all hearts are open, all desires known, and from you no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Bloom, let's join with the church worldwide in praying the prayer of the day. Set us free, O God, from the bondage of our sin, and give us the liberty of that abundant life which you have made known to us in your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Let us confess our sin together. Lord Jesus, illuminate the darkness in our hearts. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord Jesus, open our eyes to your saving love. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord Jesus, unstop our ears to hear your living word. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. I'll walk with you in the cool of day, in darkest night. You light my way, draw near to me, lead me on, I need your presence most of all, draw near to me, lead me on, I need your presence Though many tempters 
God of the earth, bring thy kingdom here below. When evils grow, when troubles rise, stay close to me, walk by the side. Here a reading from the prophet Isaiah, chapter 6. It was in the year King Uzziah died that I saw the Lord. He was sitting on a lofty throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Attending him were mighty seraphim, each having six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet, and with two they flew. They were calling out to each other, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of heaven's armies. The whole earth is filled with his glory. Their voices shook the temple to its foundation, and the entire building was filled with smoke. Then I said, It's all over. I am doomed, for I am a sinful man. I have filthy lips, and I live among a people with filthy lips. Yet I have seen the King, the Lord of heaven's armies. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a burning coal he had taken from the altar with a pair of tongs. He touched my lips with it and said, See, this coal has touched your lips. Now your guilt is removed and your sins are forgiven. Then I heard the Lord asking, Whom shall I send as a messenger to this people? Who will go for us? I said, Here I am. Send me. The word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be to God. Here reading from the first letter to the church in Corinth, chapter 15. Let me now remind you, dear brothers and sisters, of the good news I preached to you before. You welcomed it then, and you still stand firm in it. It is this good news that saves you if you continue to believe the message I told you, unless, of course, you believed something that was never true in the first place. I passed on to you what was most important and what had also been passed on to me, Christ died for our sins, just as the scripture said. He was buried. He was raised from the dead on the third day, just as the scripture said. He was seen by Peter and then by the twelve. After that, he was seen by more than 500 of his followers at one time, most of whom were still alive, though some have died. Then he was seen by James and later by all the apostles. Last of all, as though I had been born at the wrong time, I also saw him. For I am the least of all the apostles. In fact, I'm not even worthy to be called an apostle after the way I persecuted God's church. But whatever I am now, it is all because God poured out his special favor on me. The word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be to God. Here reading from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 5. One day, as Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, 
great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the word of God. He noticed two empty boats at the water's edge, for the fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. Stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, its owner, to push it out into the water. So he sat in the boat and taught the crowds from there. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Now go out where it is deeper and let down your nets to catch some fish. Master, Simon replied, we worked hard all last night and didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, I'll let the nets down again. And this time their nets were so full of fish, they began to tear. A shout for help brought their partners in the other boat, and soon both boats were filled with fish and on the verge of sinking. When Simon Peter realized what had happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus and said, O Lord, please leave me. I'm such a sinful man. For he was awestruck by the number of fish they had caught, as were the others with him. His partners James and John, the sons of Zebedee, were also amazed. Jesus replied to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be fishing for people. And as soon as they landed, they left everything and followed Jesus. The Gospel of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be to to God. God. I think coming out of this season, this pandemic season, Epiphany has been both really inspiring and needed and challenging in a way. I mean, the the inspirational part is that the church calls us to open our eyes and be more awake to beauty, to Christ, to all that's in front of us, our lives, and all that we've been given, the air that we breathe and ground that we walk upon, the relationships that we have. Many of us are coming back into those circles. And so there's so much goodness around us, and there's kind of this energy in the air. And I love that Epiphany meets us in that and says, open your eyes to it all. And the last few weeks, how we've centered on who Jesus was and is to us. It's been really beautiful times in our gatherings. You feel like this openness and this expectation just in the air when we meet, and and I love it. And I also am thankful for the lectionary readings this week because they show us the very human experience with the divine, with beauty, with life itself, that there is this part of us that is drawn and can't resist. And there's also this part in us that says, like, Peter, get away from me because I'm fully aware of who I am when no one's looking and those places I don't want people to see. We hear it in Paul. Paul is the theologian, the pastor of the, of the early church, and, and even he is saying, I don't feel fully in this. There's this like, imposter syndrome that you kind of hear when he's speaking and being honest. He says, but for the grace of God, I'm here, and I am what I am. You hear it in Isaiah. I am sinful. There's something broken in me, and that is our reality, and we're still invited into the beauty, into life, into Christ. And we see really in Jesus's reaction to Peter, I mean, he doesn't really like deal with it. He doesn't dive to the depths of Peter's uh, self-deprecation and all this stuff. He just says, I see you the way that I see you. I see your future. I see your worth. And for you, that's going to be enough. So come with me because you can't 
imagine what's in store for you. And we know the rest of the story, that they kind of just fumbled along the entire time with Jesus trying to figure it out. And Jesus was fine with it because he saw them for who they really are. And somehow their epiphany, as it is ours, is to see ourselves with that same gaze that Christ sees us. That we are accepted, we are loved, we are included, we are in the unity with him. So epiphany isn't just this easy road to the beautiful, to the divine, although it should be. It's us in the middle of it with those age-old questions, both in our own souls and that the human family has carried for as long as we've been around. Am I loved? Am I valued? Am I worth it? Am I included? Do I have a place? Those things still are deep within us. And the epiphany for these that we read in these stories, Isaiah, Paul, Peter, they have been made one with Christ through the Spirit. They've been made one with the human family. So the epiphany is to live more deeply into that reality. It's our epiphany as well. One of the things I like about the lectionary is like the common themes within the different um, passages of Scripture. The subject of each of these passages said in some way, I'm not worthy of this. Mm-hmm. And yet they were, in each story, they were given the responsibility either way, or the power, or the whatever, whether they felt ready or not. I don't really know what I want to say about that, other than I just noticed, it was like very clear to me that these were, these were very connected and very intentionally put together, these passages. And it's kind of crazy how like the lectionary's just been following like like basically just been going through First Corinthians, going through mm-hmm. yeah. the gospel, going through um, some of the prophets lately. And yet it's all, it all just kind of comes together into this theme of like humans are humans and they suck sometimes, but <laughs> they also are the ones that Jesus chooses to do crazy things, mm-hmm. you know? It's pretty cool that even though we're not worthy, even though we will mess up and we're filthy, as Isaiah says, mm. we still like have the invitation and the opportunity to say, here I am, you know? Totally. And it's those verses, you know, that we centered on on Sunday, that the experience of the Spirit is freedom, no condemnation, knowing that you're loved as a son and a daughter. I mean, that stuff, we bring it to the table, we bring it into the experience of God, but it is not what's brought to us. And it's kind of, you know, having the courage and the faith to let it go and to experience the spirit as the church has, as being free and love and belonging. I think for myself, Dave, you asked, where do you see yourself in this? And before we started tonight, we were having a side conversation about story and living a good story and what that all entails. And, and I don't mean this as like a downer at all. I, I just, I find myself identifying with the disciples, having fished, having done what they do day in and day out and doing the normal and catching nothing. And it just kind of being that kind of day mm-hmm. before Jesus gets to them. Um, and I don't know that they, I, it doesn't seem like, they had any sense that things were really going to turn around when Jesus approached them. 
from their response when he tells them and they're like, yeah, we've been here, done that. Mm-hmm. Um, but because you say it, we'll do it again. I feel like I identify with kind of being in a season of feeling a little bit stuck in that day to day and not really catching much. Mm-hmm. And you talk about being a season of epiphany and the beauty in that. And I think I just want to be hopeful for that. I don't find myself experiencing feelings of epiphany right now. But I think also in this story, I see the disciples acting obediently to something that they said, we've done this already, but we'll do it again. And because you say, and I I just think through some of the experiences that, that I've had, I am hopeful that maybe the Lord is inviting me or us, my husband and I, back into some things where I feel like I want to say, we've done that. Mm-hmm. And we didn't catch anything. <laughs> it wasn't <laughs> successful. <laughs> it wasn't awesome. And just be like, okay, we've done that. But because you say. yeah, And be hopeful that it's a different chapter in the story. And so it's going to end differently. And I think... Two, just recognizing that it's not up to me to make that happen. That the disciples didn't see Jesus and be like, hey, what if you tell us to drop our nets over here? And what if you would get the fish in here? And what a great story that would be. And I find myself wanting to do that for for God. Like, what if you did it this way? Or what if you took this or whatever, trying to kind of get ahead of him? So I think I'm just wanting to be hopeful in this season of epiphany that it is coming in some sense, but that there's something to the middle of that story where you don't know the ending, where I want to really guard against like becoming cynical and bitter or just hopeless and trust that God is in it, whether I can see exactly what he's doing or not. I don't think the disciples saw him coming and had any idea that by the end of that time, their boats were going to be almost sinking. Um, I think where I'm struck is dead in the middle of this, I think. I just had lunch today with somebody, and I said, well, I was saying all this stuff to a friend of ours, and he acted surprised that I was insecure about something. I was like, I'm insecure about everything. Like, why would he be surprised by that? And she's like, nobody thinks you're insecure about anything. And I was like, well, (laughs) I make self-deprecation jokes all the time. Like, I'm trying to show people the inside all the time. Mm -hmm. And she's like, yeah, it just means you've dealt with it and you can laugh about it. I'm like, no. (laughs) But I guess my point is that the reality of what it means to be human, I am so aware of all the ways I fall short of what I'm called to do, of who I'm supposed to be. I'm so freaking aware of it. I I am a good person who grew up in the church, so I'm aware all the time of the ways I fall short of the glory of God. And yeah, I think what I keep being struck by is, I mean, you said it earlier, Dave, it's like, God's like, like, come on, let's go. I've made you, you're my daughter. Like, I've made, you're the child of the Most High. Mm. Let's go. And I don't feel, yeah, I I think 
it just traps me in the middle to be like, yeah, but do you see who you're working with right now? But it's like so, it's so tempting. There's something really beautiful and lovely about just running after, about like saying, okay, I'll put my net in one more time. There's just something like intoxicating about that. That's the word I was looking for that like draws me into that. Like even it helps that Paul was like, oh man, I'm the worst. Cause like I get, I get that. Like I'm the worst. And yet here I sit being asked to run with you. Mm. And what would happen if I ran? (laughs) Like what happens if we run and say, okay, regardless of my faults, regardless of just my humanness, mm-hmm. um, I'm, you know, I'm a child of God. That's so inspiring to me because it makes me want to, yeah, it just hits that thing that it's like, yes, let's live. Yeah. And I, I was telling y'all that I, over the last week when Janie and I went skiing, that there was this, you know, we wanted to go ski on the other side of the ridge to the, to the bulls, but they're all black. And we didn't know if we'd die or not. But we kept, you know, going up the lift that goes to there. And we're like, no, maybe not. And we finally got the courage to go up there. Um, We're kind of pulling across the ridge. And I mean, it was very palpable to me, that realization, we don't belong here. Like, and I've thought about that really since we've been back. How many times in my life I, I do the thing... You know when you finally do the thing that you want to do and and it's happening and it's like I'm not enjoying it because I'm so aware that I should not be doing this. I'm an imposter. Whatever it is, you know, a, a job that we've been assigned or a dream that we want to live out or whatever. But um, someone said a few weeks ago something that stuck with me. They said that we are infinite beings playing a finite moment. And we're here to witness the beauty. And I, that kind of overtook us as we're pulling across the ridge. Like, we had a blast. It was insanely beautiful. And, um, and yeah, I, I don't think I'd ski it very well. But <laughs> that's not the point. And I wonder how, like, how many times do we disqualify, do I disqualify myself from the experience of the divine, of the beautiful, of life. Because I'm just, I, I can't get over the fact that I'm included in it. Mm-hmm. That I'm counted as loved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I feel like we all walk around with that. Yeah. And that's what's so unique, really, about the true church, about Christ, is that the message is, there's nothing nothing you can do to not belong in this family in this reality please join me for the prayers we pray for the coming of God's kingdom you sent your son to bring good news to the poor sight to the blind freedom to the captives and salvation to your people. Anoint us with your spirit. Rouse us to work in his name. Father, by your spirit. Bring in your kingdom. 
Send us to bring help to the poor and freedom to the oppressed. Father, by your Spirit, bring in your kingdom. Send us to tell the world the good news of your healing love. Father, by your Spirit, bring in your kingdom. Send us to those who mourn to bring joy and gladness into grief. Father, by your Spirit, bring in your kingdom. Send us to proclaim that the time is here for you to save your people. Father, by your Spirit, bring in your kingdom. Father, use us, unworthy as we are, to bring in your kingdom of mercy, justice, love, and peace. Empower us by your Spirit and unite us in your Son, that all our joy and delight may be to serve you now and forever. Amen. Amen.